Good morning. Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Good morning, everyone. And I hope to give you as much um, current information as I've been able to get my hands on in the past couple of days to help us all be able to stay healthy during the pandemic. Uh, I thank uh, Shonda and the Family Strong Foundation for inviting me here to speak to you today. As she said, I have been a nurse for 26 years. Um, I've served several roles um, during my career and um, um, actively working um, at uh, a hospital in Lafayette, and I also do um, PRN or uh, work as needed in the um, um, uh, Opelousas area also. So uh, to get started today, we're going to um, just go over our current uh, Louisiana statistics for COVID-19. Um, as of um, yesterday uh, at noon, um, it is updated, and I will give you that information um, on, on how to be able to get um, daily updates on uh, our um, Louisiana statistics. So, uh, again, as of yesterday in the U.S. at noon, um, there were 163,539 cases um, uh, throughout the country, and our death toll was at 2,860. Um, here in Louisiana, 5,237 cases were reported with 239 deaths. Um, of those cases, 1,000, 1, excuse me, 355 were in hospitals with um, a total of 438, 40, 438 deaths here in the state of Louisiana. Um, in order to be able to get that information for anyone who is interested in, um, in following those statistics, um, again, it's updated daily at noon. Um, you can keep up with that um, by texting um, all caps L A C O V I D um, to the number eight nine eight two one one, and this is for instant access to current Louisiana statistics. It can also, that information can also be found um, on the website uh, ldh.la.gov, G-O-V, backslash coronavirus, C-O-R-O-N-A-V-I-R-U-S. Again, that's for people who would like to have daily updates on where the state of Louisiana stands on a daily basis. Um, right now, globally, um, WHO, the World Health Organization, is saying that the mortality rate of COVID-19 stands at 3.4% globally. That's um, the deaths that are happening around the world. Um, so, let's see. Priorities for COVID patients um, testing. Right now, we know that um, 
people who are symptomatic, meaning having uh, a fever, cough, and shortness of breath, these are the people that, um, that they are going to test, okay? If you're interested or feeling like you need to be tested, um, you only will be tested if you are showing symptoms. So just because you don't feel good, if you're not running a fever and you have a cough and shortness of breath, they're wanting you to have all three of these symptoms prior to being tested. Um, If you have any, if you need information on that or have a question concerning that, the state has um, set up the 211 number that you can pick up and dial for any information or help that you may need or any questions that you may have based on on that, on the symptoms. Um, If you are showing all three symptoms, you can dial 311 to schedule testing, again, if you are positive for symptoms. And when you dial 211 and you explain to them the symptoms that you have, they are the ones who are going to um, refer you to 311 for scheduling. You are not to go to an emergency room or a walk-in clinic if you are showing symptoms. They are going to turn you around at the door, which can be very frustrating when you already don't feel good. So it's best that you follow the instructions that the state has given us. Um, Testing sites, if you are uh, referred to a a testing location, um, for Opelousas General Hospital, once you call 311, the location information is released at that time after your screen, and it is by appointment only. So Opelousas General will uh, give you an appointment time and a location once you've been screened through 311. After you've been screened by 311 in Lafayette Parish, um, they will send you to the Cajun Dome where testing is done uh, between 8.30 and 10.30 every day on a daily basis. So those are the two um, closest places for us here in southwest Louisiana where actual testing is being done. Um, A few um, facts about it. There are no vaccines or treatment at this time. Um, Supportive care only is being given um, for patients who are in the hospital, um, meaning um, maybe IV fluids for dehydration, supplemental oxygen um, for um, the shortness of breath or difficulty breathing. Um, Though I'm not sure if um, if ibuprofen and NSAIDs are being given at this time, I do know that the World Health Organization is advising against it at this time, taking NSAIDs, but they do want to make it clear that this is based on observation only and not scientific information. They have not had a chance to test this thoroughly at this time and uh, just feel like patients who have come in Um, otherwise healthy patients who have come in who were um, um, showing the symptoms and were um, using ibuprofen or NSAIDs at home, 
um, seem to have worse symptoms. So that's kind of why they're just advising against it at this time and just saying that it would be prudent to use Tylenol products until further testing can be done. Again, this is not scientific-based information, and they do um, emphasize that this is observation-based information only. Um, and with um, a disease that is so new, uh, a lot of the information that they're going to be giving out right now is that observation-based information only. Um, one of the things that they found is that this disease is three times more contagious than the flu. The incubation range is typically from four to seven days, can, but can be up to um, as long as 14 days. So that's why a lot of times if you, show, you are showing signs or if you have been um, exposed to somebody and you're asked to self-quarantine, that's why that self-quarantine can be up to 14 days because that is something that they're seeing that it can um, um, be seen in as much as 14 days. They're see, uh, seeing that the virus um, can survive on objects, and so that's why hand washing is very important right now. Um, they're seeing that the virus is surviving on metal uh, for up to five days. Glass products, they see um, the virus lasting from four to five days. Plastic, as long as nine days, um, they're seeing that the virus can survive. And on cardboard, um, basically 24 hours. So that's why um, at first, they were very skeptical about people getting uh, boxes through the mail or Amazon deliveries or things like that. Um, they are seeing um, that after testing that on cardboard, they're seeing that the virus is only lasting about 24 hours. <coughs> Excuse me. Fabrics um, have not been clearly tested right now, and so there is no clear answer as to how long the virus is surviving on fabrics right now. Um, current CDC recommendations for uh, exposure, again, um, they do want us to know that uh, we want to protect our older adults and people with underlying conditions. Um, the three main underlying conditions that they, um, that they are talking about are heart disease, lung disease, and diabetes. Um, for a little while, they were thinking about taking diabetes off of that list, uh, but in the state of Louisiana, we know that we have um, a high, um, a large amount of our population that are diabetics, and they are seeing in Louisiana that 85% of our patients do have diabetes. Um, so that is why we are um, saying that this is one of the underlying conditions. Of course, anyone with any kind of um, autoimmune um, disease or suppression, those are clearly also someone that we want to um, be very mindful of. Um, we want to avoid being exposed and ways to do that uh, because we know that it is spread from person to person is um, a six feet distance between each other. 
Um, and that is why social distancing, that's exactly where that came from, the six feet distance. Um, we know that it's passed on um, through droplets. So um, in healthcare, we call it droplet precautions. Uh, it can, those droplets can land in mouth or nose and be inhaled. Um, and that's how it can get into the lungs. Okay, so uh, very important to maintain a distance of a minimum of six feet. Wash your hands often with soap and water is the, um, is the number one recommendation for at least 20 seconds, especially after being in public spaces, um, being around anyone that's coughing, sneezing, or blowing their nose. Um, and don't be the little old lady that holds on to that tissue forever. Immediately throw tissues away. Um, and get a, a fresh one after you've washed your hand, get a fresh um, tissue. Hand sanitizer can be utilized when you do not have soap and water available, but the recommendation is that it has at least 60% alcohol content in it when you are using that. Um, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Avoid close contact with sick, sick people. Um, the White House right now is currently discussing um, face mask usage for all people, um, but as of today right now, the information that I have is for face mask use is only if you are sick, um, especially if you're sharing a room, a vehicle, an elevator space with other people um, and you know that you are sick. The... Um, the public has, um, has been very um, uh, forthcoming in making these um, handmade um, face masks that are very, very appreciated by healthcare workers. But um, I know that the, the hospital that I work at in Lafayette um, has told us point blank that any healthcare provider that is doing face-to-face -face care with patients that we are not to use um, homemade face masks um, in direct care of people that we know are already sick. Maybe not even with COVID, but um, any um, upper respiratory um, um, signs and symptoms at all, we are not to use homemade face masks. Our homemade face masks are, um, are being recommended for community usage for people who are at home and who are residing with other people who may, um, may be sick um, in the community. And, and we can use our homemade face mask at the hospital if it is um, to protect our N95 mask within the hospital setting. So that is the usage that we are, um, are able to use um, in a hospital setting. We are giving those um, face, homemade face masks to um, outpatients um, um, out who, are, who are asking um, for face masks in the community. Um, that is how we are utilizing those. So we are never going to not accept um, those very generous donations, but just to make people aware um, that as 
a primary health care provider um, in that kind of setting, um, it does not give us the, um, the kind of protection that is needed for um, people that we know are highly infectious or um, have or are at risk of being um, in, infected with uh, the actual COVID. So um, for as far as um, um, symptomatic transmission, I, I, I do want to say that um, China has just put out um, um, their, I guess, overall, um, when they went back over things to just um, see how how they did things and what could have been done better. Um, they're noting that their asymptomatic transmissions accounted for 85% of their total infections. So this is just to go back to saying why the social distancing is so important. These cases of asymptomatic patients were less infectious on a per-case basis but because they weren't isolated, ultimately they ended up infecting more people in total. So just because you are asymptomatic, if there's even a chance that you have been in, um, in, in the space of someone who possibly is um, sick, you have to treat yourself as though you were sick also as though you are a positive carrier of the virus. Assume that you are um, for the safety of the people around you. So um, when um, I did talk about the surfaces um, that, that the virus can survive on um, and the recommendation by the CDC right now is to clean and disinfect frequently touched surfaces on a daily basis um, and more often as needed. Um, examples of these are tables, doorknobs, light switches, definitely our phones. We have our phones on us around the clock. That's something that needs to be disinfected on a regular basis. Keyboards, toilets, sinks, and faucets. Proper um, dilution of household bleach is five tablespoons per gallon of water or four teaspoons per quart of water. Um, that is the CDC recommended um, um, dilatation or uh, dilution of household bleach for cleaning those um, frequently used and touched surfaces. Um, for alcohol-based solutions like your uh, Lysol wipes and things, you just want to make sure that they have at least 70% alcohol content in those wipes to get the proper um, disinfection uh, rate on, on um, the surfaces that are being touched. Um, I, want to, I want to say right now in our state and throughout the country um, that especially for newly unemployed people, um, if, if any of you are aware. Right now, um, the ACA exchanges are open right now, um, especially for people who are newly unemployed and who got their health insurance 
from uh, from their jobs. Um, now is a time for you to take a look at that. You always want to make sure that you are covered some kind of way. Even minimal coverage is better than no coverage at all. Um, no one wants the fear of of um, knowing that they are sick and um, may end up with um, some type of large medical bill after everything is said and done. Um, I know that um, a lot of states, um, including ours, um, some of the overall changes in healthcare that were already starting and um, hopefully will build upon this um, now that um, COVID is active in our communities is telehealth programs. And that is um, where you can dial a number and um, a physician or nurse practitioner or physician assistant will come on the screen. Um, you can give them um, whatever is going on with you, um, whatever symptoms you are having. They can um, help diagnose you um, from, from your home, from your bed, from your living room. Um, and uh, if they feel like you are positive for something, um, not necessarily COVID, but the flu, um, you know, um, strep throat, multiple things like that, they can call in uh, prescriptions for you. So this was something that is being done um, in other areas of the, of the world and in our country where we're, you know, have very um, rural, rural areas where um, it's hard to get to health care. This was something that was already um, in the process of, um, of starting. And I think that it'll be a very, very good thing for health care in general in the future. Um, so you're not sitting in waiting rooms for, you know, hours just to be diagnosed uh, with something. This is something that can free up our emergency rooms um, so that they are able to be utilized for what they were created for. And, um, and all of these little small things can be um, helped um, in, in another way. So uh, I appreciate um, your time. Um, if there's any questions, um, you know, by no means am I an expert. I've been reading up on um, on um, uh, the World Health Organization's recommendations, the CDC's recommendations. Um, I feel like our uh, governor has done an excellent job um, with the information that he's had and putting out the information that he's had. And so these are all just ways that I've um, personally stayed current with what's going on, and I recommend for all of you to do the same um, as healthcare providers. And we want to we want to put out um, the best information that we can for everyone in the community. I know in my neighborhood, um, a lot of people have questions, um, and as they're walking dogs and we're working in the yard, we do. You know, I know my husband and I get asked. Uh, a lot of questions in passing. So I feel like that is uh, a part of our calling is to be knowledgeable on what's going on and, and what we can do to uh, help others um, during this time. So again, thank you for, um, for your time. Thank you for calling in today. Um, and hopefully the information that I've given is, is helpful to, um, to y'all in some, some sort of meaningful way.